Lecture topic: Safeguarding Iman through Shukr. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladhin astafa. Amma ba'du fa'udu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. قل إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحببكم الله ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم والله غفور رحيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كل أمتي يدخلون الجنة إلا من أبا قيل ومن يأبا يا رسول الله قال من اطاعني دخل الجنه ومن عصاني فقد ابى او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected mothers and sisters no matter how much shukr we make and in any case we should be making immense shukr we should never be we should never ever be shirking in this great ibadat of shukr shukr for everything that allah taala has blessed us with and especially this nimat of iman no matter how much shukr we make but it will never ever fulfill even a fraction of the right of shukr it will not even fulfill a fraction of the right of shukr sheikh sadi rahmatullah alai is a famous saying of his that on every breath that a person takes he is required to make shukr twice one is that the fact that allah taala allowed him to take that breath in now we do this effortlessly generally and a person doesn't even realize that how many breaths he takes in a day and how much of oxygen that he breathes in and every moment this is happening so if a person cannot breathe suddenly what becomes the situation allah taala save us and protect us that taala keep all with afiat but how difficult it becomes in the recent times people who have been having the difficulties with breathing because of whatever illnesses what a difficult moment it becomes person is now battling to breathe need to get some kind of assistance some oxygenator and some other things further than that so allah taala enables us to breathe every breath we should be making shukr for it and then if you think about that a person after having breathed in if it was not possible to exhale person took that breath in but just couldn't now breathe out just as not breathing in would spell moth in a short while half a minute one minute two minutes three minutes by that time the person will be unconscious and little beyond that if the person hasn't yet breathed uh, taken a breath in then it will be moth just as not breathing in would become a means of moth if a person took that breath in and couldn't breathe out that too would result in the same thing so having that nimat of breathing in requires one shukar and then breathing out requires shukar also so one breath two shukar 
And if a person has to express that shukr verbally, he'll need to breathe to do it. So just in order to express the shukr, he'll breathe again. That breath also requires shukr. And this will be till infinity. There's never an, so this is let alone all the countless benefits and bounties and na'mas that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. We cannot even fulfill the right of shukr for one breath. So how are we going to ever fulfill the right of all, the shukr of all the na'mas of Allah Ta'ala? And above everything, the shukr for the na'mat of iman, which is the greatest gift, the greatest bounty that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with and that anybody can be blessed with. So, despite the fact that we cannot fulfill even a fraction of shukr, the right of shukr, but we should be immersing ourselves in shukr. Every day, tremendous amount of shukr by expressing the praises of Allah Ta'ala, Alhamdulillah. In the beginning of the day, there is a beautiful dua among the morning duas, morning and evening. Allahumma ma asbaha bi min ni'matin aw bi ahadim min khalqik faminka wahdak. La sharika lak, falak alhamd, walak al-shukr. In the hadith sharif it is mentioned, that the person who recites this, he has fulfilled the right of shukr for that day. Subhanallah. On the one side we can never ever do it, but the barakat of the kalam of nubuwat, and the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Allah ta'ala loves this so much, that Allah ta'ala says, though you are what you are, and your actions are as weak as they are, but you do it in the way my Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught you, I will accept it on that level. And I will accept it as if it has fulfilled the right of shukr. Allahumma ma asbaha bi min ni'ma. Ya Allah, whatever bounties I enjoy this morning, whatever ni'mats and bounties I am experiencing, whatever I have, aw bi ahadim min khalqiku. Let alone what I have, whatever anybody in the entire universe has. Faminka wahdak. Ya Allah, this is solely from you. It's nothing but purely your gift. Sometimes we become deceived. And we think that it is our ability, our expertise, our intelligence, our hard work, and our so many things we keep thinking about. But if Allah Ta'ala didn't make it possible, if Allah Ta'ala, we think it's our intelligence, somebody, something happens, little, some mishap, and that intelligence is all gone. Somebody thinks it's his effort, he's a very great expert in doing things. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Some small mishap and the person doesn't have the ability to do anything. He's just now lying there flat and cannot even lift a finger. What happened to all the ability? Purely the grace of Allah Ta'ala. We are dependent on the grace of Allah Ta'ala at every fraction of a second. Every millisecond and even a fraction of that. For one brief moment the grace of Allah is uplifted from us. We can't survive. We'll never survive. It's purely Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy that we are surviving. And that we are still carry on. So nevertheless, the point was, we were talking about this dua, that Ya Allah, whatever na'mats and bounties I have, and whatever anybody has, فَمِنْكَ wahdak, It's purely from you, it's from you alone. لَا شَرِيكَ لَكْ is none who is a partner unto you. فَلَكَ الْحَمْدُ وَلَكَ الشُّكْرِ Ya Allah, all praise is due to you alone. All gratitude and shukr is due to you alone. So this in the morning also, in the evening also, we should make a practice of reciting this dua. In the evening, Allahumma ma amsa bi min ni'ma aw bi ahadim min khalqik. This is a dua, mashallah, what an ajeeb dua. On the one hand, it is a dua of expressing shukr, but at the same time, by doing it consciously, that Ya Allah, all this is purely from you. And doing that consciously and being conscious of the fact that this is not mine, 
It's purely Allah Ta'ala's gift. This uproots the pride. Where a person starts thinking it's me and mine and I and my expertise and my hard work and I'm very smart at doing things. When a person becomes conscious of this reality that it is nothing but Allah Ta'ala's gift, then this pride is uprooted. And then the Allah, whatever anybody else has, that too is your gift. So now when it is Allah Ta'ala's gift, so what basis can we have to be jealous over some na'mat Allah has blessed somebody else? So it uproots pride, uproots jealousy, which are two severe maladies, atom bombs within the heart of a person, which can destroy his dunya and akhirat. So the simple dua, what a beautiful and concise dua, we should be making it every morning, every evening, learning the words, and reciting this very consciously, reciting it with the meaning in mind, this will enhance the benefit tremendously. So, the point was of shukr, that we should be making tremendous shukr for all the ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala. And more so the ni'mat of iman. Very often, we take it for granted, well, alhamdulillah, we are people of iman, this is Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy, alhamdulillah, ala ni'matil iman, Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this bounty. But we take it for granted that this is there, it's fine, we have it, so now we need to look after it, but that's it. But how deeply we should be grateful for it and how much we should be concerned about it, sometimes we are far from that. Hazrat Yaqub alayhi salatu wasalam, great Nabi of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, and he is on his deathbed, he is leaving dunya, and at that time, he calls all his children. Allah Ta'ala mentions this in the Quran Sharif. أَمْ كُنْتُمْ شُهَدَاءَ إِذْ حَضَرَ يَعْقُوبَ الْمَوْتِ إِذْ قَالَ لِبَنِيهِ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ بَعْدِ He called all his children around. And now he asked them a question. Now when a person is, he is very very uh, clear about it. The signs are all there that now this is a, this, these are the last moments. At that time, it's only what's deep down in the heart that is going to now come on the tongue. At that time, all the pretenses and everything fades away. When a person is 100% sure, I'm now fading away from here, from dunya, I have few moments left. At that time, there's no, no space for any kind of pretense. The reality comes out. And that's why it's very, very important that we have to keep checking what's in our hearts. We'll go on with whatever our work of dunya is. We will take care of our needs. We'll take care of our families. We'll do whatever the necessities are. All that will carry on. Whatever ni'mats and bounties Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, we will enjoy those ni'mats also. We will make shukr upon it. But all that continues, the heart must be for Allah Ta'ala. The heart filled with the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. And at the end of the day, when the time comes to leave dunya, that is what's going to speak. There are those incidents where somebody now on his deathbed, people are making talqeen, they are now trying to get him to recite the kalima by reciting the kalima themselves, they are making talqeen, and the person, instead of now taking the cue and reciting the kalima, all he is saying is, Germany katala, do rupiah, char paise, or something of that nature. That's the, now he is in India now, he was somebody selling imported things, he was selling imported locks, German locks, that was like a very big thing now. He's selling German locks. So the whole day he used to be just shouting and advertising that, that I'm selling German locks for so this is whatever price now, like five rand each. So 
So now day in, day out, whether it's Salah time, whether the Muslim is calling Hayyal al-Salah, Hayyal al-Falah, and no matter what, nothing concerned about deen, no concern about the commands of Allah Ta'ala, no concern for anything, the only concern was how to just keep making dunya. So as a result, this dunya went deep down in the heart. And this dunya got so deep in the heart, that at the time of death, the reality of what's in the heart came out. Now he's being prompted to recite kalima, but this is the only thing coming on his tongue, and left dunya in that manner. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. There are people who, they had something haram in their hearts. Some haram love crept in their heart. Some other haram went into the recesses of the heart. person is living with that. And now he's carrying on. And at the time of death suddenly, that person got very sick. Now somebody came and tried to give him some kind of encouragement. And tell him, look now, this is the last moment. Why don't you make toba? Why don't you now repent to Allah Ta'ala? But now when something has gripped the heart, and is deep down in the heart, then at that crucial moment, now to start making changes to that is very difficult. Because that is now the time when, what is there is going to speak. And the person at that time, now because he was so caught up in this haram, illicit love, and somebody is now giving him talqeen of toba, so he made a statement at that time. And the meaning of that statement, in Arabic he said some line, the meaning of that statement was, that to see the haram beloved is more beloved to me than meeting Allah Ta'ala. Na'uzu billah, a statement of kufr. And the person left dunya on that note. Subhanallah, what a ajeeb thing this is, that this iman is a great na'mat and wealth of Allah, that bounty that Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody with. But till that last moment, nobody has any guarantee how things will unfold. But if we live our lives in the way that Allah Ta'ala has commanded us, we keep making an effort to get closer to Allah Ta'ala then we can have hope inshallah with the fazl and the karam of Allah Ta'ala, with His grace and mercy, purely out of His fazl and karam, Allah Ta'ala will take us with Iman. So, coming back to Yaqub Alayhi incident, he calls all his children and he asks them, مَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ بَعْدِ Who is he? He's a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. His children are the children of a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. And they grew up in the household of Nubuat. And what tarbiyat and what nurturing they would have been given but despite all these efforts and despite all the beautiful and excellent upbringing that they were given and we're talking about not 20th century we're talking about a time that was very pure we're talking about a time when everything was of the highest level of morality of haya and all the beautiful qualities we're talking about a time when these vices and sins and the environment that we see outside, all these things were non-existent. But in that time, in that era, in that kind of situation, but Yaqub was not complacent. And he called his children around and he's asking them, مَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ بَعْدِ Who are you going to worship after I'm gone? While I was around, I was overseeing you, I was guiding you, I was seeing to it that you continue doing what you need to do in terms of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. When I'm gone, what are you going to do? Now this was the greatest concern which was in his heart and in his life and this is what emerged again at the right at the end, at the tail end of his life, now he's leaving. So what we learn from this is this concern has to be constant all the time. It's not that he became concerned about this only in that last moment. What was in him emerged at that last moment also. So now this last moment is speaking of the 
fact that this was the constant concern. And this was with him throughout his life. So now this is that very, very crucial aspect, the tarbiyat of our children and instilling in them the iman, ourselves also being concerned about our own iman. These are things which we sometimes just take it for granted that Alhamdulillah, and this definitely is Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy, we have iman. Definitely is Allah Ta'ala's fazal upon us. But we take it for granted that if we have it now, then there's nothing further to really worry about. Everything is fine. Whereas we are living in that zamana and that era regarding which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa foretold, يُسْبِحُ الرَّجُلُ مُؤْمِنًا وَيُمْسِي كَافِرًا وَيُمْسِي كَافِرًا وَيُمْسِي مُؤْمِنًا وَيُسْبِحُ كَافِرًا يَبِيعُ دِينَهُ بِعَرَدٍ مِّنَ الدُّنْيَا That a time will come and that time we are living in that era. When Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam foretold, a time will come, a person will start off the morning as a mu'min. By the time the evening came, he lost his iman. person started off the evening in the condition of iman, before the morning he lost it. Some trivial worldly matter came in between, he sold his iman for that. He gave up his iman for that. It might sound very strange, but and this is merely being said for the purpose of ibrat, being said for the purpose of taking a lesson. This last Ramadan, one alim called from somewhere and he was now really bewildered what to do. He wanted to know what, what, what should he do. One family called him and asked him to now please help. So now he is asking, making mashwara to find out now how do I help them? What was the problem? So he says, well, suddenly the son who was studying now, the family is somewhere in, wherever they are, in KZN, and the son is studying in Cape Town. So now the son called in Ramadan. He called home. And they were, now because he's in Cape Town and they are in KZN, so every day, every other day, somebody is phoning him. And uh, did you wake up for Sehri? And you read your Tarawih Salah? And you, how the fast went? Now every day somebody is asking those questions. So about half the Ramadan went past. Eventually, now after half the Ramadan, one day he told everybody, he sent a message to everyone that he wants to speak to everyone simultaneously. Conference called them. Nobody really understood what's going on. They didn't think about that. What, what's the story here? So, in any case, the time was fixed. What time in the night? Sometime he's going to call. And he linked up everybody. And then he dropped a bombshell. And what he said was something which is so hard to even just relate. And what he said to them, and now just before getting to what he said to them, the alim who called, he says, look, I know this youngster myself. It's Ramadan. If I have to put him on the musalla, he'll perform 20 rakats tarawi without any difficulty. He's such a good hafiz. And grew up in a family, which is the fact that now they're even concerned every day, they're phoning him about his seri and iftar and tarawi, etc. A dindar family, a family that is conscious of deen, now he dropped a bombshell, Nawazubillah, he said to them that from some years before, two, three years before, he had already, Nawazubillah, forsaken Islam. And he had now taken on something else, but he was just going through the motions because he didn't uh, want to expose what he's, what he's up to. But Nawazubillah, he says that he now didn't want to live this so-called, now in his words, he doesn't want to live this lie anymore, meaning he's pretending to be a Muslim. Whereas he is not. Now this became a qiyamah for that family in the middle of Ramadan. And they were so shocked and dumbstruck. But now everybody is talking to him. He's gone on another note. He's into some deep philosophies. And he is talking some other language which they can't even understand what he's talking about. 
and Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us, he didn't want to budge up to this day, unfortunately, that is still the position. Now, this is a lesson for us, this is not meant for any other purpose but for Ibrat, that we need to take a lesson, we can't take these things for granted anymore. Sometimes we think that our children are not exposed to things, but unfortunately nowadays with the media and the social media and people having things at the touch of a button and everybody's got their own devices in their hands and what not people are accessing and reading and studying and all kinds of things, all kinds of literature, all kinds of information and as a result of it, doubts start creeping in first and then now they start asking around people who don't have the knowledge so they can't give them satisfactory answers those doubts get deeper because they don't know where to get the answers from to start off with one is that a doubt it doesn't mean if a person is doubting something then there's something wrong with it the Quran Sharif right in the beginning Allah Ta'ala says kitabu la fi. the Quran Sharif is the kalam of Allah Ta'ala there is no doubt in the Quran Sharif if somebody says I got a doubt in my mind that's in your mind but the Quran Sharif is doubtless. It's your lack of understanding. It's your lack of uh, knowing what the Quran Sharif is all about. The doubt is not in the Quran Sharif. The doubt and the issue is in your mind and hearts. So now he, number one, went and put some doubt in his mind. Now he can't get the right answers. And then it goes deeper. And Allah forbid kind of statements that are then made that render a person's iman null and void. And this is not an isolated incident. In this last Ramadan, in the month of Ramadan, in the masjid, in Atikaf, one youngster from Johannesburg came, he was spending a few days, he didn't come for the full Atikaf, but now he's in the masjid, he's also, he's performing his salah, he's fasting, and then he decided to come and discuss some things. Unfortunately, what he was discussing and what he was trying to say and what he was trying to now put forward was simply kufr. He's performing his salah, he's past fasting, but he, he's saying, no, no, but this can't be. What he's saying can't be is a fundamental part of deen, and he's negating it. So now where's Iman left? Now if somebody sees him, mashallah, he's got a beard, he's wearing a kurta, he's in the masjid, he's fasting, he's performing salah, but he's talking this ajib. And in the masjid he comes to discuss it, and now a long discussion, but the sum total, he was talking kufr. Now, these are unfortunately the realities on the ground and we can never ever be complacent about this. Yaqub now gathers his children and is asking them, Ma ta'buduna min ba'di? So they reply to him, Qalu na'budu ilahak wa ilaha aba'ika Ibrahim wa Ismaila wa Ishaqa ilahu wahida wa nahnu lahu muslimun. They assure him, we are on the same path that you are on. We will worship the same one Allah. Allah who you worshipped, we worship the same one Allah. And Allah who our forefathers all worshipped, no other, there's no deity besides him. And when he was now assured and reassured that they are on the path of Iman and Tawheed, now he left this dunya with that itminan, that yes, his children are firmly on deen and Iman and Tawheed, but till that last breath, he was concerned about it. Now this is that message and lesson that we have to be very, very concerned about our children, our progeny, to protect their iman, to protect their deen, to protect their akhlaq, and to protect them from all the exposure that the dunya is just flooding with, and all the kinds of vices and evil. And unfortunately, shaitan 
invented in his smartness. Because Shaitan too is a smart fellow, so he invented the smartphone. And in this one gadget, he's done that havoc, which perhaps for ages was not possible. That in such short time, and with such ease, and with such, uh, without any difficulty, things which previously people had to plan maybe for months to go and do something. Now they do it at the press of a button and in seconds. Things that people were not able to access at all. Now they are accessing it at the press of a button. Things which people couldn't imagine that they'll ever probably get exposed to. But children who are not even yet or the 7, 8, 10 years old are exposed to it. Now this is the time that we are living in unfortunately very very difficult and very trying times and we cannot be complacent we have to keep the talim going in our homes with great consistency and this, the, whatever things that we can put in place to keep our own iman strengthened all the time, to keep our iman fresh, to keep the iman of our children, <coughs> keep them progressing. So the talim of the home in particular, we need to keep this alive, we need to strengthen this talk about the lives of the pious, the lives of the akabir, the lives of the starting off from the seerat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the sahaba kiram and then the lives of the pious. This is also very inspirational. It has a tremendous impact on the heart. Hazrat Junaid Baghdadi rahmatullah his statement, Al-Hikayat Jundum Min Junoodillah that the incidents of the pious, this is among the armies from the armies of Allah Ta'ala. What does an army do? An army walks in and conquers the place. This is like an army as well. It conquers the heart. It brings the heart towards righteousness. It brings the heart towards the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. It brings the heart towards wanting to do what these people did. We may never get anywhere close to what they did, but that aspiration will come. And that aspiration is a tremendously great thing. We also have dreams, we have aspirations, we have all kinds of uh, wishes. But now this is what we have to change in terms of our own aspirations, our wishes, our desires, and that of our children, to make it the aspiration of deen, the aspiration of wanting to get very much closer to Allah Ta'ala, the aspiration of wanting to become very, very close to the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, of wanting to become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. We have dreams, we want to sometimes, while now falling asleep, maybe a person is dreaming now, what next? And how I can upgrade this? and update that, and how can I add to the luxuries and comforts that I have. We have a lot of dreams now, and we dream about this and that. But now we have to change. Those things will carry on. Whatever is meant to happen in terms of whatever dunya, that will carry on. That's not going to stop. And whatever is written for one, nobody can escape it. That's the reality. We try to chase behind dunya, but the thing is we can't escape the dunya that is written for us. Whatever is meant to come to one, that will certainly come. But we have to make an effort for the akhirat. Now, therefore, we have to change these dreams. person is lying down now, he's dreaming about, thinking, meaning, engaging his heart. That So many people, mashallah, they are so much ahead in deen. That person, mashallah, is so much, they make so many paras tilawat daily. That person is always so conscious of their salah. As soon as the time of salah comes, they are first moving towards salah, that person, mashallah, never ever makes ghibad, 
that person always is talking good of everyone, never ever talking ill of anybody, that person has this good quality, that person has that good quality, when am I going to do the same? When am I going, now sitting and just, this thinking also is a very great thinking, just this dream, we still not even anywhere near it, but we are sitting and dreaming about this, that I need to do this also, I how I wish I could also be doing that, subhanallah this too is a very great dream, and if we keep dreaming like this, inshallah, that will come deep in the heart. And when it comes in the heart someday, that will now then move us. Because the heart is king. And when something comes and settles in the heart, then nothing comes in its way. Then nothing can stop it. Then it will move. The heart, once the heart starts ticking in some direction, then the heart will make its own plan. And it will get the body moving in that direction. When the love of Allah Ta'ala will settle in the heart and the person now, this, this dream is a dream, meaning of what? It's a dream to become close to Allah Ta'ala. It's a dream to become a lover of Allah Ta'ala. Subhanallah, what a wonderful dream. The rest of the dreams of dunya, we're going to have to part from it sooner or later. What will materialize and what will materialize, Allah knows. But one day all these dreams will be nothing. And in fact, this whole dunya is just like a dream. And the reality of this will be when the person's eyes close. Generally, a person wakes up from a dream when his eyes open. He's sleeping and he's dreaming. Now he's dreaming that he's flying in the air. Maybe he's dreaming now he's become the king of the country. And somebody is dreaming something else and what not he's dreaming. And then now suddenly his eyes open, he sees he's still where he is. Nothing has changed. So now when his eyes open, he came out of the dream. But this dunya is like a dream also, but when our eyes close, meaning the time of moth will come out of this dream. But then this dream is not just a dream. This opportunity is to make the akhirat. If a person lives this so-called dream in the correct way, he'll make his akhirat. So, this is the need that now we become very conscious. We start dreaming, dreaming about getting close to Allah Ta'ala. Dreaming about making deen the priority in our life. And bringing amal into our life, increasing our closeness to Allah Ta'ala, developing our akhlaq, all the departments of deen. Deen is not confined to one or two things. All the things of deen need to be worked on. Our imaniyat and our strengthening our iman, our yaqeen, our taqwa, our tawakkul in Allah Ta'ala, wa ta'ala all the sifat of iman. And then together with that, improving and upgrading our ibadat. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us, but sometimes that salah that we perform, we feel very, very uh, fine with it, that fine, I've performed my salah, but have we considered how we performed it? If it was performed correctly, alhamdulillah. Otherwise, sometimes that salah is performed in such a way that in the hadith sharif it is mentioned that that salah barely raises above the head of the person and then it is flung back by the angel like a dirty rag on the face of the person, and that Salah curses him, and says, May Allah destroy you as you've destroyed me. Meaning, such a haphazard manner, the Ruku, Sajda was not done properly, the Qoma and Jalsa was such a haste, that a person didn't even fulfill that wajib, the recitation of the Quran Sharif was done in utmost haste, and not even done correctly, the Tajweed wasn't considered at all, and a person was just trying to just get something done, but in such a haphazard manner that he destroyed the salah. Now this destruction of the salah, this is such a serious matter, that the salah itself is now cursing the person. 
When the Salah curses a person, what's left? So, when the Salah curses a person, then there's nothing left. Because now, what else is going to save us then if our Salah is cursing us? So now to upgrade our Salah, to try and perform our Salah in a better manner, to try and improve the manner in which we make the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, that too should be a part of a mu'min's life daily. Every day there should be tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. There should be some dedicated time for zikr, for tasbihat. And we should start inculcating this in our children also from a young age, even if it's a very short time, three minutes, two minutes. But now this is time for remembering Allah Ta'ala. Recite some istighfar, recite Duru Sharif, so that this habit forms from that early age and there is time for amal. And then together with this, as we mentioned, the talim should be very strengthened and very consistent in the homes. And talking about the greatness of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, talking about the pious and their incidents, all this will build up inshallah. Yes, we will enjoy the ni'mat Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, make shukr upon that. That too will bring us closer to Allah Ta'ala. But we must never ever slacken in our concern for our own iman and the iman of our children and the deen of our children. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. Allah ta'ala make us among his true and obedient servants. Allah ta'ala keep us steadfast on iman. Keep our progeny till qiyamah steadfast on iman. And Allah ta'ala bless one and all with kamil iman. Keep us on kamil iman. Take us on kamil iman. And raise us on the of qiyamah with kamil iman. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم وعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا واخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إصرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واخفل لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله